Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Welcome to my show, Money Making Conversation Masterclass. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For you, it may be the size of your paycheck. Mine is inspiring people to develop a plan to reach their dreams. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. You can only exceed expectations by believing in yourself. Know that. People always talk about your purpose or gifts. If you have a gift, then leave with your gift and don't let your friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dream. My guest today, is Ariva Martin. She's an award-winning civil rights attorney, best-selling author, media personality, and child advocate. Ariva Martin serves as a CNN and HLNN legal analyst and contributor, as well as host of her own web-based in-depth current affairs talk show called The Special Report with Ariva Martin. She also has a weekend show on the Tavis Smiley KBLA talk station 1580 called Ariva Martin Out Loud. On the show today, we'll be discussing this, her new book, Awakening, Ladies, Leaders, Leadership and lies we've been told. It's a three-pronged approach to defining, exploring, and solving the five key falsehoods that have historically, historically kept women at an inequitable position in society. Please welcome the Money Making Conversations Masterclass. She always is a joy and always educates me. Ariva Martin. <laughs> Hello, my friend. Always a pleasure to see you. Well, it was a pleasure that I got this book in the mail. And, you know, I read all my books now. And so, and this was a good, fun read. And the reason I say it's fun read is that, you know, when you get when you get my age and uh, over fifty, then you tend to have have shared some of these life experiences, and then you then you wonder is that you in the book that she's talking about, or did you share some of those values? You know, because we always like to say we grow and we learn and we mature. And this book is a is a book about. I I, I put the word must read because um, it, it 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 taught me some things about myself. It made me 
look at the world and say, really, this is really happening? And also, I have a, I have a daughter. She's 25, and she's going out into the corporate world. She just graduated from college. And I think this is a book, this type of book I would like for her to read. So why did you write the book other than me introducing it, saying it was a must read? For your daughter mm-hmm. and women like your daughter, because I have two daughters that are in the same age group as your daughters. Mm-hmm. And I wanted those women, like our kids, who are going into the workforce to have some understanding about what they are going to face. We live in a culture right now, and you've seen it, Rashawn, where the hashtag girl boss and that hashtag and that whole phenomenon around, you know, what it means to be a boss. I wanted to help dispel some of the myths about what people may think it means and give some reality to what they're going to face in the workplace. And I don't have per se a problem with the hashtag girl boss or people calling themselves girl bosses. I've done it myself, but I do want people to understand that we live in this society where even some women have bought into this meritocracy concept, this concept that being successful as a woman means striving and climbing the corporate ladder and the higher up that ladder I get, then the, you know, the, I can say to other women, look at me. If I did it that way, you too can do it that way. It's, it's, some people call it corporate feminism. Right. This notion, again, that being a, a you know feminist is all about how much you can attain, how much money, how much status, how many things, how much stuff. Uh, and less about the systems that oppress women, the systems that oppress minorities. And I just wanted to give people some grounding and, right. and you know make them realize that We still live in a world that no matter how great you are individually, Mm -hmm. that if you are a woman, particularly if you are a woman of color, you are still likely to run head straight into some systems that might hold you back, that might create some barriers. And we still have a lot of work to do. And as women that make it to the top, we've got to not just focus on our own personal gains financially and status wise. We've got to get in those positions and use our status to disrupt some of these systems so that other women, other minorities can walk through the doors. Well, you know, it's really interesting because I have, uh, you know, my company, 1315 Media Inc., I represent talent. And some of my talents are entrepreneurs. And I have two female entrepreneurs. One owns a Nothing But Bunt Cakes franchise. And one is a founder of a, a pancake, biscuit, and waffle mix. And I took one out to dinner one Saturday night. And I just talking about her career, where she was at. And as soon as I she left, it was about 8.30 at night, she went back to work. This is Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. And then the following weekend, I took the other person out to dinner and uh, the exact same place. And we wrapped about 9.30 and she went back to work. And both these ladies are single. And I, I talked to her the next day. I go, I said, where's the personal life? You know, see, this lifestyle has always been somewhat acceptable in men. You know, they go to work and and just work, 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 work. And sometimes the woman's there waiting and their life moves on because the woman's there waiting. Now, with the women taking on that similar role, who's waiting on them? And that, well, that was some of the strong takeaway I took from the book as well. And I wanted to share that story because as women grow as entrepreneurs or boss ladies, something else is Something else is being carved away, and that's their social life. How do they balance that? Talk to me. Well, first of all, I think you make a a great observation is that traditionally society is used to men 
playing that role, right. the role of working extra hours, uh, the role of being away from the household. And, you know, our patriarchal system acknowledges that, rewards men for that, applauds them mm-hmm. for that. But mm-hmm. when a woman takes on that same role, somehow people start asking her this very question you just asked. Well, how do you balance that? <laughs> right, 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 right. I want you to think about how many men have you asked. And I know you represent a lot of high powered mm-hmm. men, mm-hmm. very successful men. And, you know, oftentimes you may have done it because you're progressive. But I don't see a lot of folks asking men that question. So let's start there. We've right. got to change this notion that there are traditional roles and there are roles that women play mm-hmm. and there are roles that men play. Because women have every right to, just like the two entrepreneurs you represent, Mm -hmm. to be as hard charging as they want to, as they choose to be in their careers. And and there shouldn't be any judgment around that. And it is a lot of pressure for women to constantly hear, well, how are you going to make time for a man? How are you going to make time for a family? How are you going to make time for kids? What about your social life? I'm good with that. As long as we're asking our, our sons, our brothers, and the men in our lives, those same questions. And that's what this whole book is about, because a woman has every right to make her career her first priority in the same way that men have done throughout the ages. So if those women you represent are fine going to work at 930, I used to be that person. <laughs> I'm good with it. So I, no and judgment now, on my part. I don't know, ask them about you, you, their social life. They got that under control. Come on now. You have a beautiful family. Okay. I and do. You, right. But and I, so, those, I work those hours. I, right. You are not building anything. Right. Ain't nobody building no business nine to five. Right. That just ain't the way the world works. So I wish we could do it. I didn't build mine. I run several very <laughs> successful companies. And what I I'm just saying, Reva, is that in the debate... And the debate of this conversation is that you have the married woman with a structure. You know, if she left at 9.30 after a dinner or 8.30 after a dinner and went back to work, that lifestyle is, you know, understood. But when you're still trying to pursue or maybe trying to have a, a life where you want to bring another partner into your life, how do you, you know, whether it's a man or a woman. You find ways. My point is that woman smart enough to run that business, own that company. She knows <laughs> When to go home, she knows when to go to the club. She knows when to jump online and go on Hinge or whatever website she may be on. We ain't got a check for her like that. That's my point. I have every confidence in that woman's ability to manage her business and manage her social life. That's what I tell you. I I love this book. See, see, you see, this book creates conversation. That is why I was so excited because with her and I, we in a dialogue. We never been in a dialogue. I'm cutting her off. She cut me off because there are stereotypes we have to live with, and stereotypes of, that women are dealing with is that you're supposed to be this. It's a very, very good. Uh, Dramedy, I call this called the Johnsons. It's on Bounce TV about these four black males. They, it's called Johnson because all of them last name in high school, last name of Johnson. And one of the characters played by uh, Thomas Q. Jones is his name's Omar, and he's the more chauvinistic. And his wife is the more aggressive wife. You know, she's out there with her own business mind. And he carries those little stereotypes. You know, she's trying to wear the pants in the family. You know, uh-huh. you know, I want her at home when I get at home. I want her cooking. And a lot of men are still dealing with that mentality. And a lot of women have to deal with it at the work environment. Correct? Oh, absolutely. Now, how do they get, do the, do the, well, I guess what I'm saying is that I'm all about women being successful, but but the stereotypes and the expectations and the ability and then the look, 
Because you talk about that. Appearance plays a role, you know, how you come to work versus how a man comes to work. Or a man doesn't wear makeup to work. A woman don't wear makeup to work. There's a problem. Okay, why are you looking like that? Why your hair is not like this way? So a man is delivered, it gives gives a lot of days off. Well, you know, a woman can't have a bad hair day. So these things, are we we transitioning away from that? Are we getting better at it, Ariva? Talk to me. Oh, you know what we are doing, Rashad? We're having these conversations. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we are actively changing the systems, but we can't fix what we don't acknowledge. So we are taking a very big step, I would say, and books like these and other books are are starting to bring into the light the issues because for years we've been in denial because a lot of men will say, well, what are women complaining about? I work next to a woman or my boss is a woman and they can point to Kamala Harris or Nancy Pelosi or Keisha Lance Bottoms or they'll, uh, they'll point to one are two successful women and say, we don't have a problem. And that's a mistake because we know in every industry, right? You can always point to some superstars, right? You can always point Mm -hmm. to those guys that are in the NBA that are, you know, have the hundred million plus contract, but we know that's not the majority of those folks that make it into the NBA. They get, you know, shuttled out that end up in injuries that end up broke at Mm -hmm. the end of their careers who never make that kind of money. Mm -hmm. So you never study a problem by looking at the outliers. Mm-hmm. So when we look at the issues with women, we can't just look at the outliers. We got to look at the majority. And we know the majority of women still make less per dollar than men. Right. And we know as it relates to black and brown women, mm-hmm. even though we're the most educated black women demographic in mm-hmm. this country, we still don't make the same amount of money as black men mm-hmm. and as white men and even white women. So we got to look at you know the, the macro. And in terms of the macro, women are nowhere near where we should be. 44 CEOs, female, of Fortune 500 companies. Two or three of those 44 are black. That's, that's an abysmal number to have to report out. And in any given year, that number for black women CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, despite right. our gains in education, that number is zero. Absolutely. So when you say are we making progress, it's kind of like the civil rights movement and the progress we make as African-Americans. There's this yin and yang. Mm -hmm. After George Floyd's murder, visual on TV, everybody is, you know, changing their social media feeds, uh, bringing in diversity trainers, donating money to black causes and organizations. Six months after that, you know, we're talking about suppressive uh, voting uh, laws. We're talking about uh, preventing schools from teaching critical race theory or black history at all, even using the word slavery to describe slavery, trying right. to come up with some words to sugarcoat that. So I think with the women's movement, we've seen the same kind of reaction in this country. There are periods of great advance mm-hmm. and then there's periods of you know regression. And I would say right now, this is pretty much a status quo. We're having the conversations, but a lot of folks are still in denial. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rushan McDonald. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Uh, the thing about it, I was speaking to Reva Martin, a very talented, uh, best-selling author, civil rights advocate, attorney, uh, health advocate. Um, her book, Awakening, I think it's perfectly named, Awakening Ladies, Leadership, and the Lies We've Been Told. Uh, there are a couple of things. There are a lot. The chapters are just, uh, the chapters draw you in. Working within the system is not enough. Rebuilding the system benefits everyone. Expectations, norms, and culture are holding us back. I think that's what we just talked about, the, the culture of what people think. Mentors, men, and leaning into closed doors. How did we get here? How did we get here? Are we just still on that same train and so much that when you go back to go back to Europe, right, the culture came over with Columbus and, and then it just carried over in the, in, in, in the society. And it, it may sound that women can vote, you know, women can wear a miniskirt if they want to, but still, then you get Roe versus Wade overturned by the Supreme Court. So talk to me. Yeah. How did we get here? We got here because, you know, from the beginning of the, the founding of the U.S., it was always uh, designed to be a patriarchal structure where men were at the top and women were subjugated to men. You, for many years, women couldn't even own property in this country. We had to hold property in the names of, uh, well, hold it through our relationship with our fathers, our brothers, or through Some marriage male. Mm-hmm. to a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so women have always been second-class citizens. It was designed that way. The white men that founded this country did not view women as being equals, as they did not view the African slave that they had brought over to the U.S. Uh, as being equals either. Right. Now, women gained more rights than African Americans in this country. They gained them sooner. But still, this is a patriarchal society. So it's by design that we are here, Rashad. It's, it's not by happenstance. It's, mm-hmm. it's not by accident. This was the way the country was was designed to be. And we are now in a country that is, particularly as it relates to voters, more than 50% of voters in this country are women. Mm-hmm. So we, we are at a point where we have the mass where we can challenge some of these systems, where we can say, okay, that might have been the ideal of the founding fathers. Right. But 
we, you know, it, it, when you know more, you, you, you do differently, right? When you know better, you do better. So now we know that there is no G, uh, you know, no, no genetic differences. There, there are no biological differences that dictate men having superiority over right. women. Absolutely. Uh, and we have to change that because I don't want my daughters. You don't want your daughters. I ask men all the time, men who refuse to accept that sexism and gender bias is real. I say, well, you want to send your daughter into a company where all the people in the C-suite are white men? Mm -hmm. What message does that send to your daughter about her opportunities and her chances of getting to the C-suite? Don't you think your daughter is worthy if she works hard enough, if she has the expertise, the talent, the skills that she should have an opportunity to be in the top position in this corporation. So men are, are you know, you guys are funny. You have this compartmentalizing <laughs> that goes on in your brain. You can go into a company uh, and feel completely you, fine. You point your finger at me. You said you guys. You said you guys. Men, men, not you, but those brothers you hang out with yes, that are yes, at the top yeah. of those companies that can go into those companies and see that every man, every position at the top of that company is filled by man right. but yet have daughters at home that they want to have the best they want to have every opportunity so mm -hmm. you know i often challenge me well wait a minute what's going to happen when your daughter walks into that corporation mm -hmm. those same men that you hang out with on the golf course in the club and the cigar bar and get five to that you know are systemically and systematically right. excluding women why are they going to treat your daughter any differently? Right. Let me ask you this, Reba. Now, you know, you said something. You said well, 50% of the women in America are qualified to vote. Now, we can point fingers at men. We say, hey, men, you the problem. But we also know there's a percentage of women that are holding the line for these stereotypes. Oh my God! Yes, we talk about. Let's get to our sisters. Yeah, I'm an equal opportunity <laughs> caller outer, right? So you're right. right, and here's why. You know why, Rashad? You're so right. A lot of women we have bought into these patriarchal concepts, norms, and traditions. Yes, yes. sometimes a woman in a job yes. is another woman's worst enemy. Mm -hmm. A lot of women they get to the top. I just had this conversation with an author of a book. Her name is Cora Beck wrote a book called White Feminism. Mm -hmm. And she talked about herself. She's a woman of color. But when you get into these positions of power, you got to make sure that you don't take on the attributes of the men who are in those positions. Because some people get comfortable being the only one. Some women want to be the only person in that C-suite. They want to be the only woman, you know, that's, that's ever held the title of vice president or right. president or, or whatever that title may be. So women can fall into those, just like black folks can take on the attributes of white supremacists. Mm -hmm. They don't become white supremacists, but they can take on the norms and the traditions and start talking like them and acting like them. We see that. We got examples of that, whether it's Clarence Thomas or, uh, you know, Tim Scott in, in South Carolina. These are black men who talk about how they pull themselves up by their bootstrings, who deny in many cases uh, the, the barriers that black folks face because of systemic racism. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're not going to call them white supremacists, but they have ideologies that mirror those of white supremacists. And so men, women can do the same. We can take on uh, and we have to check ourselves because if you are constantly inundated with those messages, it's very easy for you to fall prey to those very messages that, that you should be fighting against. Absolutely. Um, you know, 
first of all, you know me. I'm enjoying this. It is, like I said, this this that's why I enjoyed this book because it's going to create conversation. Uh, definitely um, positive debate, I think, because I think that it's about education. I'm speaking to Reva, a, a national bestselling author, Reva Martin. Ladies, leadership, and the lies we've been told. The book is called Awakening. I say the word awakening because whenever you start shifting gears on people, they feel that they're about to get left out. And the very popular word that's been generating a lot of buzz the last couple of years has been the word canceled. You know, mm-hmm. cancel culture. culture. Yes. And then you talk about men are being afraid of, of, or have a fear of being canceled. Talk about that. Well, yeah, a lot of men. And again, this book is not about attacking men. Mm-hmm. I, I am all about inclusivity and collaboration. I know that well, we get well, Before you say that, let me, let, me, let me say that for you. No, this is, book is not about attacking men. This book is about educating everybody about awareness, about, yeah. about the stereotypes that a person like Rashawn McDonald may assume it's normal and it's not normal. It makes people feel uncomfortable. What we've learned through education is that, you know, saying it, it, uh, if you're an employer and in the, and one of your workers comes in and wears something nice, you might say something, oh, you look really good, but you never said anything about her work. But you quick to say something about something she wears yes, or right. her hair or her makeup. So these are the things that we're talking about in this conversation. It's like you cannot become a better country. You cannot become a better community unless you're willing to change or questioning your habits. And not all habits are good habits. And so I just wanted to say that before she had to feel that she had to defend her book. Her book needs no defense. It's an awakening. It's an, it's an acknowledgement of information that we as a people, black, white, Brown or uh, Asian have need to understand that we need to change. If we don't change, then the world doesn't get any better and we stay in this little narrow scope. It's a beautiful book. So you can continue your statement, but I need to step in on my friend and let her know, don't defend yourself. Your boy is awoke. Thank you. Appreciate that. And that, that is so important. And you said that very well. Yeah, we don't get better if we don't acknowledge where we need to do better. And all of us, everybody, we should all be lifelong learners. I mean, nobody gets to where they are unless they are willing to be open to new ideas, new concepts, and to challenging their old ways of thinking. And I had to do that in the book. I talk about the lies that women have been told. I uh, recount five. Of course, there are a lot more than five, (laughs) but I talk about the top five. And even one of those lies that was told to me by the strong Black woman that raised me, it was painful for me having to work through uh, saying something that could be perceived as negative about what they taught me because I revere these women in such an amazing way. Mm-hmm. But sometimes even things that your mama and your grandma and people you love, you have to challenge what they told you, not because they were maliciously told to you, but you know our parents teach us what they were taught. And a lot of times what they have been taught could be wrong. And so they pass down to you disinformation or wrong information and you've got to break out of that. So this is all about all of our awakening mind as well. Coming to grips with a lot of what I was taught as a younger woman uh, doesn't serve me well in the country that we live in today. And that I had to shed some of the, the notions I had. I, you know, I'm a workaholic. What people call a workaholic, I don't call myself a workaholic. I love when I love something, I work hard at it. And right. to me, it's not work when you love what you do. But workaholic is a pejorative term that we Uh, often used to describe people that spend a lot of time, you know, in their profession or what they do. 
And I always thought if I just worked hard, I could solve every problem. Biggest joke in my family, whenever, you know, my kids, husband, we ever, they you know, talking about someone that has a problem. My first question is, well, do they have a second job? Right. <laughs> my kids are like, mom, right, a right, second right. job doesn't solve every problem. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was growing up, if you had a problem, you just got a second job. Right, you know, right. could solve a lot of problems. Yeah, well, money, the money will solve a lot of problems. Let's be real. Hey, uh, hey, as, a lot of light bills, a lot of gas bills, a lot of car notes. Right. You know, you just you inflation. We, we need two, three jobs with this inflationary times we're living in right now. We'll be right back with more Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Before I wrap up, because there's a couple other things I want to talk about, i just show you how fast this conversation's going. And it is a conversation, a conversation that involves a lot of stereotypes that we live with and probably die with because stereotypes are what they are. They don't change. Stereotypes are, are, allows people to think that racism is, is all right because they live in a community where it's all right. And so if we don't pull down these for colored only signs, or we don't pull down these these you can't go there. These transgender signs that are that are really as we call educating ourselves. The beauty of what I like about your book is that you have to change. There are people sitting out there going, "Why do I have to? Why do I have to feel comfortable?" Because because of the fact that there are a group of people out there, people of color, people of different genders who've never been comfortable. Why can't they be in America and be comfortable too just because these stereotypes or quote-unquote norms have told you it's all right to think that way? And before I wrap up, I want to talk about the Mike Pence rule. And there's something that really stood out for me in this book, and I think that it is the hierarchy of stereotypes that women have to deal with. Talk about the Mike Pence rule. Well, you know, Mike Pence uh, professes to be a very devout Christian. I don't, you know, profess to know what his his commitment is or his you know relationship with God is. So it's not about that. But he talked about taking his wife mm-hmm. with him into meetings with women and not basically taking any meetings with a woman alone that didn't, uh, you know, that his wife wasn't a part of. And as much as he thought that that was, I don't know, a good idea or maybe made him seem like a pious Christian man, that's very harmful to women mm-hmm. because that says that, you know, women are going to be excluded from a lot of meetings. If you have to have a man bring your wife to every meeting with a woman, you're that's going to, by definition, limit the number of meetings that you have with your wife. And it says that men and women can't be professional without there being some kind of sexual tension or some kind of, you know, inappropriate conduct going on. And that's yes. just foolishness yes. to me. I spent the Wow. First 10, 15 years of my career as a lawyer working uh, pretty one on one with my law partner. We would travel together across Los Angeles in a car, two, three hours, meeting clients, going to court, uh, going to business meetings, going to business events. We spent hours alone. We'd be in our law firm at night alone together to 11, 12 o'clock at night, working on cases, getting ready for trials. He was married. I was married. I respected his boundaries. He respected my boundaries. And I don't want my daughter, your daughter, 25-year-old women Mm -hmm. going into a workplace, Mm -hmm. having to meet with men who Mm -hmm. are so insecure, Mm -hmm. are so out of control, so, you know, can't control their, I don't know, their their hormones or whatever, that they can't have a business meeting that doesn't involve some kind of sexual, like I said, tension or innuendos or something. So that's ridiculous. It's 2022. Everybody should be able to control their impulses. I should be able to meet with you married, single, you should be able to meet with me, married, single, shouldn't matter. 
you know, we got to handle, sometimes you just got to handle the business and everybody doesn't have the luxury of traveling with their spouse and being able to take them into a meeting. A lot of times a spouse in a meeting is a distraction. Right. If your wife doesn't have anything to do with our business, why do I want her in this meeting? Well, I, I can tell you, this this book has a lot of compelling stories just like this. You know, it's a story about the dentist. Uh, it, it's a lot of really great stories. And I, and I would say this is that it really does. I think that Mike Pence rule is the most, the, the most, it's the most harmful rule because it does stereotype women to be the aggressor like they have an agenda like if you're in a room with, in a room alone with a woman you know what gonna happen you know what they gonna think you know you need, you know, come out of the room y'all only two been in the room somebody gonna take a picture of you it leads to a lot of uh things that that, that mislead relationships that should be effective should be wholesome should be but then uh, but then he's operating in a world that that situation has has happened many times. The Gary Hawks, the you know former President Jimmy, Jimmy, you know uh, Bill Clinton. So there's a lot of situations out there that have exploded to that level. I don't respect it, and I acknowledge that he may be overly uh, concerned about being in a room with a group of women or a single woman without his wife. He should stop that practice. But again, your book. Uh, sparked a lot of conversation. We're going on 30 minutes, my friend. It doesn't feel like 30 minutes. It's called The Awakening. I'm talking to a uh, civil rights advocate, attorney, health advocate, uh, great, great uh, personality. You see on CNN, headline news. Uh, you can catch it on KTLA, uh, KBLA. That's Have a Smiley's radio station in Los Angeles, Talk 1580. Ariva Martin, Martin, Out Loud. Her book is Out Loud. Please get it, Awakening. Ladies, leadership, lies we've been told. Thank you for coming to my show again, Miss Martin. Thank you. Quick plug. I don't know when this will air, but hopefully uh, August 12th, uh, 11th, I think it is, I will be uh, talking about my book at Edgartown Books in Martha's Vineyard. So if any of your viewers are going to be uh, in the vineyard on Martha's Vineyard on this Thursday, wow, okay. August 11th. I would love for you to stop by at two o'clock at Edgartown. What's that date? Give it one more time because it will air before that date. Mm-hmm. What's it? Give me the information it's one more time. Thursday, August 11th, mm-hmm. uh, Edgartown Books in Martha's Vineyard. I will be there talking about Awakening at 2 p.m. That's Eastern Standard Time. Stop by. Uh, I'd love to say hello to you. <laughs> get your comments, your feedback on the book and whatever else you may be thinking about. But yeah, I'm super excited. I'll be in Martha's Vineyard for the week of August 8th through the 13th. There's tons of great stuff going on. Film festival, comedy festival, lots of political events going on. And like I said, I'll be uh, presenting Awakening at Edgar uh, Town Books on Thursday, August 11th, 2 p.m. Awesome. Thank you, Ariva Martin, for coming on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. You are amazing. Thank you. Cool. I always tell people, if you have a gift, always leave with your gifts. And again, thank you for listening, watching. If you want to see any of my episodes, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. <laughs>